Real Goddess, Discovering Your Divine Destiny by Shuri Sandal. Episode 14, True Surrender. Real Goddess is the most important thing you can know about in your life. It's the end goal of all we become in this life. A wise man said that in this current day and age, women will be seen as different and distinct in the happiest of ways, and that a large gathering of women will rise up in strong numbers, dividing the wicked from the good. And I'm here to rope you in, sister. So I was sitting in a Sunday school class recently, and the topic was about trials and challenges. The general message that I heard these ladies in this class talking about is that struggle is the best way. I once subscribed to this idea that, yes, struggle is the best way, but then I learned a new concept. And so I spoke up in class as everyone was talking about how struggle is the best way. And I said, I came upon a fabulous word that I have embraced and that I love. The word is surrender. And by this, I mean that you, yes, you still follow God's will, but that you're able to be open to what he wants to have done. And you're open to your own idea of what you want to have done and that they collide together and they collaborate together. And that sometimes what this requires is us just opening up our palms to heaven, waving that little white flag of faith and saying, I surrender. God, I know that you know better and I can sit here and I can struggle or I can just let you take it from me. And I know that you're going to know how to do it better than me. Well, the ladies in this class had their own thing to say about that. So they started talking about, well, if you have true faith, then you got to work and you can't just do your thing. You have to work and do your part of it. And one sister piped up and she said, right, pray as if everything depends on God and work as if everything depends on you. And I just about said, wait, just a second. But then I thought, well, they obviously have their opinion and I obviously have one that's forming that's different. So I tried to think of what I really was trying to say because they didn't like this idea of surrender. That sounded too easy, right? So I started to think, what is it that bothers me about praying as if everything depends on God and working as if everything depends on you? And then I realized, bingo, because I've tried that and it ends up in anxiety. If you're concerned about doing all that you can do in your power and you have a lot of things coming at you, you're going to burn out. You're going to burn out if you push all that you can do. Because to some people, like myself, that's a lot. And maybe we're capable of a lot. And maybe we have the resources for a lot. And maybe the time for a lot. And then you come to realize you actually didn't have all the energy that you thought you had. And then you were all tired out. Also, maybe the timing isn't right. Maybe patience is in order. Maybe we could sit there and we could burn out doing the wrong thing at the wrong time. Though I will admit, maybe that's your journey. If that's what has to happen, 
trying to do something the wrong way for years and years. Maybe that is just your journey. And as I already mentioned, anxiety may get the best of you in the meanwhile. So sometimes I have to think. There's one thing to say that the spirituality of depending on God is ultimate, but you also have emotions that are involved in pushing something for all your worth and just hitting a wall and just realizing you can't. So what would I say to these ladies? If I was in that class, sometimes my brain just doesn't work quick enough and I have to think through it for a few days and finally come up with the answer. And so this is what I would tell those ladies in that class who didn't like that little white flag of surrender that I mentioned. Well, the most important thing I think you can do is follow the spirit in knowing what you should do, even if it's laying low and doing nothing, even if it's just being patient and just hanging out while God works his magic and gets things into the right place and the people into the correct position and just everything that has to coordinate to come to that timing and that point where it all just comes together just like you hope. So one example of this is that I was trying to figure out how to come up with an office. I wanted an office for myself because I just need some place to think and I have a pretty open house plan. The layout is pretty open and so you can hear everything everywhere and I really would like, I wanted a room that I could call my office and so I started to think about building a shed outside so I could just have this office. Actually, the very first thing I thought of doing was maybe renting an office around the town. But as I looked around, I couldn't find anything. And the price probably would have been above what I was willing to pay anyway. So then I thought, well, I could just build like a little shed office, like a she shed that people can make so cute. They look just darling. They have like little heart-shaped windows and a little porch and a little picket fence thingy around them and a little gable and little flower boxes. They can just make them look so absolutely amazing. And I was doing Pilates once and uh, I realized that the lady who was doing this instructing was actually doing Pilates from her little she shed office that her dad had built for her. And I was so jealous. I'm thinking, I want one of those. And I wanted to have a loft and you know, a little circular staircase or something and flowers all around it. And I already have a place in my yard where I could put it that's right next to a little drinking fountain and it has beautiful trees around it. It's right next to our garden. It'd be so awesome. So I started thinking about that. And I've learned also that the way to produce and to attract things into your life that is the way that you want it, you need to find a feeling attached to it. So what feeling did I want to have? So I imagined myself in the upper part of this little cute cottage and I could look out the window and I could see the mountain and I was warm and I was cozy and comfortable and I had my laptop there and I was able to do my thinking and my pondering and my um, genius work. And I had this awesome, wonderful feeling. And so I kept this feeling for a few months. And then I finally decided to broach my husband on the subject. This is usually where I get that splash of water onto my flame of good idea and my ideas get doused. 
And so I'd already thought before I came to him, I thought, well, he's been talking about wanting a place to put the rototiller that goes right next to that garden. So I'll just put this little thing in the back of my little cottage and it'll be like four feet by 12 feet and he can push the rototiller into there and keep some of his shovels and stuff like that and it'll be perfect. And I had just a perfect walking space to be able to get back to that little door and it was all out of the way and you couldn't see it at all. And it was just perfect. So I thought, well, I've, I provided for him. I've got my cute little office. I think I've got this all figured out. So I brought it to my husband. And the first thing he says is, oh, well, I wanted a big shed. Could you just maybe have a little space upstairs in the attic part of this? And suddenly all of this planning, I'd even written up plans, like actual little a layout thing with the square footage and everything and all those plans just got thrown away went up in flames and I realized he had the idea that I was going to get the four by 11 foot place and he was going to be able to put all of his gardening stuff into the main part of it and his was going to look like a man shed a man cave <laughs> so I was a little distraught about that but I still kept that feeling in my heart of wanting an office so then, about a month later, I just had this realization. I realized that our son was going to be going to college. He was graduating from high school and he was going to college and I was going to have his room. And guess what you could see out his window that was in the upper story of the house? You could see the mountains. And he always complained about this room being the hottest room in the house. And that's what I wanted was some nice warm place. And it was cozy and he had, he had decorated it really nice. He actually interior decorated it himself with the colors of maroon and sage. And he did a really good job. Like I'm thinking this kid could go into interior design just fine. So I was really liking it. And so that was a good idea for four months when he decided he didn't like college, which is now. He's just finished his first semester, which he flunked out of, which is fine. He was just finding his way, I guess, and deciding he didn't like college. So he says, Mom, I'm coming back home. And I'm thinking, oh, no, I've lost my office. I started to feel bad. I started to wonder where I was going to go. And especially if he's going to be here indefinitely, there goes my office indefinitely. So I started thinking about little crevices throughout the house that we could change into an office. And there's even a really good spot above my uh, my master bedroom and closet that if you just put in a little pull down ladder there's actually a big old spot like maybe eight foot by 20 feet up there that's just this open attic that's just full of insulation and it even has like a space for a window that could just look awesome this arched window and it has electricity up there piped up there so that it was for the old air conditioning system that used to go in there so it'd be perfect I started thinking about that well, guess who I brought that to? Yes, I brought that to my husband. And the first thing he says is, that old thing, that's full of insulation. And I said, well, I would have someone come and do it. Don't worry about it. I won't have you come and um, you won't have to build anything there. He's like, well, you'd have to because it's going to cost you a lot of money. So I started to think about it. And so I went back to plan A and I said, well, remember that shed? Remember that shed that I said I could build outside? And he's like, yeah, it'd probably be cheaper to build that shed. At which point I probably should have said, okay, yeah, I'll take it. But then it got colder and I started thinking how I could have this office space. 
And I kept that feeling inside. I was just like, keep that feeling. Because what that really is, is I am surrendering the outcome. I am opening up the possibility of what could be and keeping it there and not getting down, not feeling that feeling of despair and just hoping for it to still be at that feeling. So then when my son is talking about coming home, uh, we start to joke, well, we should put him in the basement bedroom. That'll get him back out of the house quick. He'll decide to move on with his life if we say he has to have the basement bedroom that no one wants to go in. So imagine my surprise after I keep this feeling of what I really am hoping for and really wanting in my heart without knowing the solution. And I get this text from my son and he says, you know, mom, I was thinking, I know that you like my room as an office and you've been using that for a while. And I wonder if I could just take that room downstairs that no one is using because it's out of the way and it's really quiet in there and I could do my work in there and I wouldn't have to bother anyone and no one would bother me. And I'm thinking, you're kidding. No way. This is my answer. This was the result of my surrendering and saying, I don't know what's going to happen and I'm not going to put all my effort into it because I'm just going to keep that faith and that hope that something's going to happen. So that's what we've decided to do, that he's going to move down into that little room. And I can imagine him doing his interior decorating and getting this room looking way better than it is right now. So I'm excited about that. So what else can you do to be able to implement true surrender? Well, because I talk about following the spirit in the things that we should do, even if it's just laying low and doing nothing while we wave that little white flag. Well, we really need to keep doing what keeps us good with the Spirit to receive those answers and the comfort and the guidance that we need. And I've talked about this in podcasts and will continue to, that those are the things that are keeping us spiritually and emotionally, mentally, physically, and in many ways nourished so that our vibration is high, so that we can counter the onslaught of things that could lower our vibration. And when our vibe is high, it helps our spirit to be in good connection with God's spirit, which tells us what to do. And that may be, the answer may be, work as if everything depends on you. It may be, lay low and do nothing. Or it may be, well, why don't you get someone over here to the house to look at that crawl space up above your bedroom and master closet and see if maybe it'll work. Maybe it won't be that big of a deal to change that into a little artist's loft. And then, of course, keeping faith that God wants us to be happy. When they talked in that Sunday school about struggle, I thought, I don't know, struggle just doesn't seem like the answer. It doesn't seem like the thing that I want. I don't want to invite struggle into my life because God does want us to be happy. How about we have good experiences that help us to be able to get the things that we know God can bless us with? And we have, we could be imbued with a flood of goodness and overwhelming, enticing and, and inviting things that help us to be able to do better and to be blessed. Why does it have to be struggle? Often it is, but then that's what I want to talk about with the goddess. So with the goddess, if you believe that everything is part of your journey and you are letting go and letting God, then things don't need to seem such a struggle. 
It says, if you buy into God's plan for you and say, oh yeah, okay, I, I see it. I see what you're doing. And I've seen it in the past. I know that the things in the past have ended up being good. So I have faith that these things, whatever's happening, is part of thy plan and the path that he and me have come up with. And if you're part of that plan, then it doesn't need to be a struggle. You don't need to fight against it. And it is kind of raising that little white flag of surrender to just say, yeah, what, what you want to have happen, let's do it. So I've heard a quote, God is never in a hurry and never a moment too late. So sometimes when I think, oh man, I have missed the bus. The boat left without me and things are happening. I'm getting too old. They're never going to happen in my favor. Then I know that's not a feeling that God wants us to feel. That is definitely the adversary saying, that's right. Just give up. Give up in a bad way. Raise the black flag of surrender that is full of desperation and despair. But do you believe as a potential goddess that you can be part of the plan of the things that happen in your life? As if they're already written down, they're already planned out, it's already in the works, and you're just knowing that that's the next right thing. Even if it seems like it isn't a good thing, that it just is. Just hope and, and have faith that that is playing out correctly. So I, I find myself believing that if something is happening, it is correct because it is happening. And if it was not happening, it wouldn't be correct. Some people disagree. They say, oh, there's, God gives us too much agency and uh, we have so much control. But I have found that when I do surrender and say, yep, I'm along for this ride. I have the hope in my brain. I have that feeling in my mind of that office that's going to have that awesome view of the mountain while I cozy up in my awesome fleece blanket. I believe that that is going to happen, but I'm going to surrender enough that I can just kind of play along with it. It's kind of like if you've ever been uh, white water rafting and you're in that boat, my first instinct was to go against wherever that boat was going. I wanted to go to the left when it was going to the right. And when it was going up, I wanted to go forward. But when you start to let go and just kind of go with it, go with that flow, it becomes fun. And you trust that you're not going to get tipped out of that boat. Well, at least most of the time. I've seen some people get tipped out, but sometimes they were just being goofy. Uh, but you're going to be okay. You're just going to ride along with it. And you know where you want to get in the end. You have a desired place where you're going to dock the boat and get out. And it's going to be okay, but you're not really making the calls because that water just runs under you and you just go where it takes you. So when you can see it for what it is in all of its unsettledness, you can understand it's actually what's supposed to be happening. So then the next step beyond that, I believe, would be to be more of a proactive creator with God, to do more of that faithful envisioning and feeling of what you really do want to have happening on a grander scale. So I'm looking out the window, looking at my mountain thinking, yeah, this is what I wanted, but how about maybe adding a fireplace to the room or a little mini fridge so I can have my snacks in there or a little um, spot for me to do yoga or something. You know, why, why stop the flow of creativity? Maybe I'm in a tower somewhere and it's just got beautiful views all over, windows on every side. 
Why do I need to stop at any particular longing if I can believe that as a potential goddess, I'm starting to figure out how to make creativity work? The creation process is part of me. That I believe it so fully that it just happens. And I think I'm finding that more in my life that when I do trust and I do surrender, some people even say the universe is bringing you whatever that good thing is. And I think, eh, I don't really like to give it all, to give all that credit to the universe. I like to give it to God and I like to plan that one day I'm going to have that same power too because I'm practicing right now. So I will have faith that it will happen and that as I have that faith, it becomes more perfected. Now, perhaps not in this life. Perhaps these things will take longer than I have to figure them out, but I really don't see why we can't experiment with those things that we want so bad in this life. And we, we can see it. But I think a lot of times our letting go and just letting God and raising that little flag of surrender really makes it so that we can see the path more clearly. And as we go through the valleys and the mountains of life, we can understand how it's all fitting together in that perfect puzzle. I hope you will join me in awakening one million potential goddesses to their divine destiny by sharing this podcast and information with others you think would benefit. And hey, be a creator, be a surrenderer, let go and let God go.